Uh, so welcome to week two of our series called The Purpose of Pain. Uh, in case you missed last week, uh, we tried to walk through the why. Why do we go through pain? And there were three reasons. One, you and I suffer the consequences of our choices. We suffer the consequences of other people's choices. And thirdly, we live in a broken world. And so um, if you missed that, obviously there's 30 more minutes to kind of unpack that a little bit more. You can grab that online. But to, to give you how, show you how this plays out, you know, in, in one story in about three verses, it's one of the most famous stories in the New Testament called the prodigal son. And in it, Jesus tells this story as he's talking to religious people where he says, a young, the younger son came to his father and said, give me my share of the inheritance. In other words, I wish you were dead. I want my money now. The father gives him this sum of money. And then we pick up in verse 13. And I want you to notice how he got into so much pain in his own life. Not God's fault. Notice the, the, what happened in his life. A few days later, this younger son packed up all his belongings and moved to a distant land, and there he wasted all his money in wild living. So he's about to go through a lot of pain because he's given this fortune. Instead of being wise with what he'd been received, he wasted it, and now he's going to suffer some great pain because of his choices. About that time, that time, the, his money ran out, and a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. So here's the second thing. We live in a broken world. There's going to be famines. There's going to be hurricanes. There's going to be disasters of different kinds because of the world that we live in, which I talked about a lot last week. So it's now uh, uh, compounding the pain that he is feeling. He's wasted his money and now there's this natural disaster that's taking place in the, the situation in which he's living in. And then it says, he persuaded a local farmer to hire him and the man sent him to into the fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs, the pigs in looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. So now other people's choices are contributing to his pain as well. Not only does he suffer the pain of his own choices, but nobody is choosing to help him in his current pain, thus having more pain in his life. So we're in just a few verses, we, three, we see all three examples of the why of pain. And again, if you missed it, I wanna encourage you to go to last week to kind of see how that's all unpacked because there's a lot more to that. Now today, uh, I'm gonna go through a lot of head knowledge and we're gonna finish with a very powerful heart, uh, empathetic experience as we kind of watch you know, a video together. But before we get to that, here's the one thing I want you to walk away with today. And that is pain can be one of God's greatest gifts. Pain can be one of God's greatest gifts. Uh, somebody said once, it's kind of like God's megaphone. I haven't got your attention before. Now you're, I'm going to get your attention and help you understand that this is actually a gift. Uh, let me just uh, talk about it simply. Uh, if you think about physical pain, right? You, you, you don't feel well. You have a fever, a headache. Um, um, you sprain an ankle. Okay, all of those are actually gifts of God to help tell you, pay attention, there is something going on. You could be dehydrated, you sprained your ankle, there's something going on. Because what you and I tend to do, there's a temptation that when we go through any type of pain, physically, emotionally, or spiritually, we like to ignore it, we want to medicate it, 
You know, uh, we, in, in terms of uh, maybe running to pills or different things too soon without trying to figure out maybe this is an indicator, you know, um, 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 or, you know, uh, we, 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 as we ignore it, it actually comes up in other areas, you know, um, of our lives. And so the second would be emotionally. Think about some things in your life. Ever gone through a season where you're like, man, my patience is about this. I am so quick tempered, you know, right now. And you're like, why emotionally? Am I responding in a way, I'm feeling down, I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling depressed. All of these are emotional indicators, painful indicators that maybe this is attention that deserves my attention. Maybe it's something that needs to awaken me to be like, oh God, thank you for that. Because it's trying to, he's trying to get my attention that something is off, something is wrong. Don't ignore it. You know, don't medicate it, don't blame it, just try to process it. Or the third is spiritually, okay? Spiritually, when you know something is not right with the world, probably in our society, if you're a follower of Jesus or not, the one common place that we probably best experience this spiritual pain is at funeral services. Now, if you've been to any funeral service in America over the last several years, here's what's fascinating to me, is that it doesn't matter what the person believed, lived, or experienced in life, doesn't matter whether it's a famous person or a person that nobody knows. There's always somebody on the stage that says, and they're looking down from heaven upon us right now. They're here in this environment right now, which I'm starting thinking, I'm like, they didn't believe that and you don't believe that. So why in the world are you now choosing to believe that in order to provide comfort in the midst of the moment? Because you're going through pain And unbeknownst to what you're saying, it's actually a spiritual pain and a longing that God is trying to use in those moments, realizing life doesn't go on forever unless you're connected to Jesus Christ in terms of forever and eternity in heaven. And the reason that we know this is the Old Testament in Ecclesiastes 3.11, it says, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. In other words, God has created what's called a God-shaped void or hole in our lives. And when we try to fill it with other things, we keep falling short of the one thing that he's created us to be filled with, which is him. And when we don't put him in there, we will suffer spiritual pain, spiritual disconnection as we go through life. Physical, emotionally, and spiritually, these are all gifts from God that allow us to connect or give us the opportunity to connect to him. Uh, Let me say this uh, on the physical sense. If you didn't have physical pain that was given to you by God in Jesus' day, you would be known as someone who had leprosy. One of the signs of leprosy is you lose feeling, and the worst part of leprosy is you put your hand in an open fire in our days, like a hot stove, and you can't feel it. You only start smelling it or see it. So you have great devastation that takes place in your hand or in your limbs that doesn't cause you pain, because a lot of times you're like, I don't want pain in my life, and yet we're thanking God we have pain, because if we didn't have those pain receptors in our lives, we'd actually suffer more in the long run. So pain can be a gift from God. So I want to point out three areas in which pain can be this gift from God. And again, I want to remind you, this is week two of four. So there are two full more weeks as we continue to unpack this, and there's probably even more than we're gonna be able to cover in the next two weeks. So here's the first thing that I want you to realize on how pain can be a God's greatest gift. Number one, God can use pain 
to draw us to him. Whether we've caused it, whether, whether other people have caused pain in our lives, we live in a broken world, he can use all that as a way to get our attention in the hopes that we're drawn in relationship with him. So let's go back to the story of the prodigal son. Remember I said, here are three things, you know, that we saw, uh, causes and effect of why he's suffering pain. But notice how God uses that to draw him back to him. In verse 17, it says, when he finally came to his senses, he said to at home, at home himself, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I am no longer worthy to being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he gets up, makes his way back. His father sees him from a far distance, runs, throws his arms around him. The son starts the story. He says, nonsense. The son of mine was lost and is found. He was dead and he is alive again. And they began to celebrate. The reason I bring that up is because even though God had nothing to do with the pain in which he was suffering, God used the pain in which he was suffering to awaken him to the reality of God and draw him into his presence. The reason I mention that is especially in America today. I'll give you an example. After the age of 18, uh, you know, the two most uh, often reasons that people give for why they decided to receive Jesus Christ, and maybe you can think about your own life, or maybe if you're not a follower of him, and this may be true in your own life. Here's the two main reasons. Number one, transition. In other words, if people move to a different area, make new friends, or you go from being single to married, or marrying with kids, or, you know, we have these transitions in life. People are like, okay, there's an awakening there. Because the reality is, is that most people, by the time they reach 18, into their mid-20s, they develop what's called a certain worldview. And worldview means, this is what I believe, the purpose of my existence is, and this is what I'm going to chase after, this is what I'm going to live for, this is what I'm going to shoot for when it comes to life. Whether it be relationships, or power, or success, or goals, or health, or finance, whatever it may be, people head in that specific direction, until, and this is the second most obvious reason that people turn to Jesus Christ, something tragic happens. The way we would say it is your worldview gets shaken. So all of the thing you know, that takes place in your life, all of a sudden something outside of your control happens and it awakens you to the possibility that maybe I'm not as in control, maybe there's something else out there and that God uses that pain to draw us into him. He opens up our eyes to maybe like when the stock market crashes, that people are like, I can't put my resources in there. When people have a diagnosis as if you have cancer, you can only do so much. When we go through COVID these last couple of years and there's only so much you realize, wait, I'm not as in control of my life as I really realized. It can awaken us to the reality that God is there. And when God is there, he uses that pain, that tragedy to awaken our senses to awaken our lives to who he is. So then pain can be used for purpose, for good, to draw us into his presence. 2 Corinthians 7.10 says this the best. For the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience leads us away from sin and the results of salvation. So away from sin, what is sin again? It's when we're missing the mark, not doing what God asks, and we suffer the consequences of the choices of sin in our lives. And with those consequences, God is hoping us that it awakens us to reality of who he is and draws us into his presence, thus salvation. 
The second part is that God believes in this so much that he himself went through so much pain in order for you and I to be drawn into his presence. That's why the cross is so important. We talked about that a lot this last week. And when we even mentioned, you know, the verse Hebrews 12, verse two, because of the joy awaiting him, Jesus endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor inside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people like you and I. We're sinful people. That's what the Bible says. Verse, uh, John chapter three, verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. When God gives of his son, how powerful is that for him to go through that kind of suffering and even on the cross, separation from God in order that you and I may be drawn into his presence. God uses pain to draw us into his presence. That's the first thing. Second thing that we can learn is if you're a follower of Jesus is that God can use pain to grow our faith. God can use pain to grow our faith. Uh, One of the most challenging scriptures in our New Testament is found in the Bible's book of James chapter one. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. He's gotta be off his rocker a little bit, right? You're like, it just makes no sense. I'm supposed to be joyful when I go through pain? You know, that's just like those, 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 those hype up video people. No pain, no gain. Come on, you got this. I'm like, you're just a little off. You know, and some of you workout people know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, and, and so he's like, but he tells us why, especially if you've lived a life of faith long enough. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. It's just like an endurance runner. You start somewhere, and you don't get very far, and then it's a little bit further and a little bit further. You start building that up. How much more so when it comes to our faith? So God can use pain to grow our faith. It's when our faith is tested, and we grow, and we build this endurance. In fact, we won't grow unless we are willing to go through pain. We will not grow unless we're willing to go through pain. And this isn't just faith, this is anything in life. Think about anything that you want to be successful or accomplish or grow in, and you will realize you're gonna have to go through some uncomfortable and yes, painful circumstances and situations to actually see growth in any area of your life. Craig Rochelle says it this way, pain is part of progress. Anything that grows experiences some pain. If I avoid all pain, I am avoiding growth. In fact, one of the best leadership books that I have ever read on this is actually under this title called Leadership Pain by Samuel Chan. I took a group of men, you know, in our church through this, you know, uh, right in the middle, you know, of the pandemic. And it was a very powerful, powerful series and experience. And what Samuel writes is often the difference between where I am and where God wants me to be is the pain I'm unwilling to endure. It's the pain. We try as Americans to avoid pain, don't we? It's a temptation. It's one of those things, those little subtle ones like, no, no, no. If that's uncomfortable, that's difficult, that's painful, I don't want to grow through this. And yet what he challenges us in this book, which is obviously backed up by the Bible, is this formula. Growth equals change. Change equals loss. Loss equals pain. Thus the formula growth equals pain. And you're like, really, is that how it is? Yeah, this is the reason why so many people are change averse. 
You know, um, I know, I always laugh at you guys, you know, because I know at different services, I can close my eyes and I know generally where you're going to be sitting. We are so creatures of comfort. That's our natural tendency. In fact, you go to any conference anywhere in the world, the first meeting, the first time, you're like, where do I sit? Where do I sit? And then you sit down and then you sit, you sat in the same seat, doesn't matter who speaks or whatever, for the rest of the time. You want to get uncomfortable? Just switch sides. By the way, you'll have fun because I'll be all messed up for a little while. I'll be like, whoa, I don't even know what's going on because you're not, some of you guys, you know, are the creatures of habit. But the reason I mention that is it applies to anything. Like if you think about your kids, think about it from a physical sense. When they're infants, right? You look at the infancy like, oh my gosh, there's such a precious age. Well, I only thought it when they were asleep, but you might have thought there was other precious stages. You know, uh, but as they get older, they change. When they change, they don't go back to some of those precious stages. And you're like, I missed that right? You don't go, I miss that. And they continue to grow and they go through growing pains and you go through it as well. But that leads to maturity that helps us. And that's just the physical representation of what Jesus is challenging us spiritually. In order for you and I to grow in our faith, we're going to have to do things at the very least that are uncomfortable or painful in order to go to the next place in life. And again, the reason I mention these other things is because it's not just, you know, spiritually. It's our other areas of our lives. So uh, uh, the other thing I tell you is that point of avoidance will only produce more pain. And that's what we don't, aren't, aren't told as Americans. And it's going to hinder our growth. In fact, I was seeing a counselor this last week, and he was talking about this very thing. He was saying he's seen a couple people in their mid-30s, and he says all of their lives, they have been trying to avoid anything painful. And so what they find themselves in now as they're meeting with him on a regular basis is all of the other things in their life are tragic and more painful than it would ever be if they had gone when they were in their preteens and worked through pain instead of avoiding it. Their relationships are a disaster. They can't keep relationships because every single time the relational you know, connection with somebody else gets challenging, they bolt because it's too hard. It's too painful. They can't hold down a job because there's gonna be times that I don't feel like going or I get up and this is hard. I'm, I quit, I'm done. You know, they can't have relationships. They don't do well finances. They don't do well in jobs. They aren't doing school. They do well in because they were taught or they believed that they wanted to avoid pain, not realizing that pain is actually a gift. It's actually an opportunity for us to grow. Craig also says this, the longer I avoid a problem, the bigger it generally becomes. If I summon the courage to endure small amounts of pain and do what's right early, I will avoid larger doses of pain later. Now, this, this doesn't just mean the pain that we're dealing with now. But here's one of the things, if I, if I just could ask you to self-reflect for just a second. Do you find yourself dealing with current pain because you've not dealt with past pain, even pain that goes back to your childhood. See, we've, we've, we've ignored it, we've pushed it down, and yet now, years later, we're still seeing it played out into the things that we believe we value the most. Because we've not walked through, because we like, it's too painful to go through that that took place when I was in elementary school or high school or college age. We didn't wanna go through it because it was too painful, and yet it's coming out in other areas of our real life. God wants us to go through that in order for us to grow in him. How do we do that? Well, focusing beyond that pain, the current pain or the past pain, while we go through it allows us to endure the pain. 
Uh, Here's uh, something that uh, I learned from Luke Quimby. Luke is one of our community pastors. He was saying, it's kind of like this, Dan. We're on a road. And on the right, there's a big ditch. And on the left, there's a big ditch. You don't want to be in either ditch. You want to stay on the road. The right ditch is those people who never deal with pain. And they find themselves, if they never deal with pain, they're going to end up in that ditch at some point in their life. They're going to find themselves in the ditch. But the other ditch on the left side is those who only wallow in their own pain, are a victim of their own pain, and only stay in their own pain, which gives them excuses for not moving forward both of which are tragic. And Jesus wants us to stay on the road. And how do we do it? We don't stay on the road by looking at rights in front of us. We look ahead as we continue to move forward. I thought it was a great illustration and a perfect example of what we're talking about or what 2 Corinthians says in verse, chapter 4, verse 16. This is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day for our present troubles pain are small and won't last very long, even though it sure feels like it, doesn't it? Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can now see. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen for the things that we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. If I focus on the pain, I stay in the pain. I have to deal with the pain, but I don't want to be in the ditch where all I do is focus on the pain. I have to work through pain. So God can use pain to draw us to him. God can use pain to see our faith grow and grow in endurance. And lastly, God can use pain to create dependence on him. One of the questions I had to ask myself and I want to ask you is, where do you go when you're in pain? Where do you go? You know, I know uh, sometimes, you know, if I'm in pain, I like to isolate myself, right? I don't, want to, I don't want to deal with the pain or the person as I just want to get away. I know for myself, sometimes something sweet helps with the pain. Something savory, something wonderful can help with the pain. Sometimes it's, it can be entertainment. You know, a distraction to the mind can help with the pain. All of those are temporary and they're more pain avoidance than pain dealing with. The most healthy is when I turn to God and it creates more dependence on him. That's when we see health. In fact, one of the most famous stories from one of the most committed people who ever lived in the relationship with God, who also happened to write most of our New Testament, is the Apostle Paul. And that man suffered some major pain. And yet, of all the things that he went through, being shipwrecked and stoned and beaten and chastised and called names and all this other kind of stuff, this is what we read, that he was willing to be authentic and write. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and to keep me again from being proud. We don't know what that was. We don't know if it was actual physical ailment. We don't know if it was, uh, you know, some people, some theologians think it, he, was, he had a stuttering problem. Uh, others, you know, say it was maybe more emotional. And he had these ups and downs. We have no idea what it was. But here's what we do know is that he turned to God and three different times it says, I begged the Lord to take it away. Now, if anybody's gonna answer the prayers of a righteous man, it's going to be Paul. And you would think, because we kind of believe that, if I'm following the ways of God, then he should not allow me to go through such painful situations and circumstances. So when I pray, and if I pray in faith, as some of you have been taught, that I'm going to be made well. 
Not true, because that's not how God works if he's going to use the pain for a purpose in which is actually gonna benefit him or other people. For this is what God says. Each time God said, my grace is sufficient or is all that you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad, Paul says, to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. God knew Paul well enough to know without this thorn in his flesh, he would become less dependent on God and more dependent on himself and become proud in the way that God was using him. And so God answered his prayer by saying, no. Because, Paul, this is going to cause, if you allow it to, for you to be more dependent on me. And that is a good thing. See, dependence on God through, through pain is what gives us hope. Psalms 42.5 says, Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Romans chapter five says something similar. We can rejoice too that we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Can you and I find hope in the midst and through the pain? And I wanna give you some hope Today, there's a gal in our church named Kelsey who's gone through an awful lot of pain. And I want you to hear her story in light of what we talked about as it pertains to how God can use the pain that was caused by someone else to allow her to see the beauty which God is using both then and even now in her life as she has surrendered that to him. And after she tells her story, the worship team is going to lead us in a song. And I just want you to sit as they lead us in the song. I want you to process through any pain that you have gone through and see if those words of that song resonate. And then when they're done, we're going to hear the second part of Kelsey's story. So let's hear from her now. My dad was funny and happy and gregarious and the life of the party. And it turns out... Um, he had some pretty severe anger issues. It got bad. There was never any personal responsibility for his actions or his anger. If your mother would have, if you kids weren't fighting, then I wouldn't have. It was kind of ingrained in me from a, from a young age that in order to earn affection, I had to be good enough. When my parents split when I was seven, all of a sudden, all of the, you know, if I would have, if I could have, if I didn't fight with my sister, you know, all of those things that kids try to rationalize why it wouldn't be fixed. So the wounds at that time for me were largely emotional and those incidents became more violent. And the cuts and the scars that had previously just been emotional now became physical. And the summer between my senior year of high school and freshman year of college, I went on a discipleship retreat with the church that I grew up in. We went on what they call a God walk and you just kind of listen for what God has to say. And he gave me this vision that has stuck with me to this day. He said, imagine an old barn, workshop, wood shop, and it's dusty and dirty. And 
there's half-finished projects. And over in the corner, there's an old window in a frame. And the frame is weathered, old, window's dirty. And he picks up the frame and brushes it off and kind of starts to, to clean it off and clean the window. And slowly, the wood comes back to life and the window starts to clean. And I remember thinking, yes, I'm the window. I'm the window, I get it, yes. And he says, wait. And then he takes a cloth, a drop cloth, and wraps it around the window. And he picks up a hammer and starts hitting the window. Crack, 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 crack. My heart sank. And in my mind's eye, I watch as every one of those wounds open and bleed. Why? What? Why? And by itself, it looks lost, broken. And then he turns on the light. And you realize that the window's not made of glass. It's made of crystal. And he wasn't breaking the window. He was creating presence. A riot of color that just explodes out of these prisms that have been created fill the gallery. Just full. And he says to me, I can use you so much more because you're broken than I ever could if you were whole. Take this. 
between the time that I had this vision and the time that my dad passed, there was a lot of therapy and there was a lot of, you know, dealing with life. But I also, I met my husband. Um, we got married. We had kids. So I got to see what my husband looks like as a father. I got to see my dad a couple of weeks before he died. And I didn't understand how complete the work of forgiveness was until I walked in and there was nothing. There was no anger. There was no resentment or pain or anything left because God had done the work of forgiveness in me and through me on my side. He never apologized. He never acknowledged that he had any 
ownership of any of his behavior. And by the time I got there, I found that I didn't need it anymore. And so I got to spend the last few days of my dad's life peacefully with him. Close to 18 years since I've had that vision. I'm now a lighting designer and I spend my days working with projects and working on teams to bring art installations and galleries and theaters to life again. And so it comes full circle by the end. Can we just thank Kelsey for her authenticity? Uh, you'll always know Kelsey because she was the one that helped design all that riverfront lighting, you know, that was in the pictures there. That God has even used that as a reminder, you know, of the vision that God had given her. Uh, all of us go through different kinds of pain. That was, that was Kelsey's version. Yours is, is different. It's, it's not worse, not better. It's not, you know, less meaningful to you. Uh, the reason we said from the beginning, God can use this, not God will use this, is because you have a choice to play. You know, you have a, an opportunity to say, yes, I'm going to use this in order for me to be drawn near to God. There's a, there's a choice that you have to make. And maybe God's spirit is leading you now to, to make that choice, to say, God, you're drawing me back to you or you're drawing me to yourself. And today is the moment, now is the time. Maybe for you, you know, when, when we said God can use this to grow your faith, that maybe you put kind of faith in a box, you know, something that you do on Sunday, but you've never allowed these painful circumstances that God wants to use in our lives to grow us in our faith and endurance. Or, or maybe for you, you've not yet allowed God to encourage you to grow in more dependence on him. That this is the time that you say, you know what, I'm gonna choose to depend on you, not medicate, not ignore you know, these, other pain, the other, these other pains in my life. I'm gonna choose you, Lord. And I don't know what your choice or decision is today, but I do want to encourage you with one thing. Don't let the conversation stop here. See, there's going to be opportunity as you leave here in the lobby. There's going to be opportunity as you head to the car. There's opportunities, you know, here even at the cross. You know, that I want to encourage you. Those of you guys, we've got a, people that are headed there right now that would love to pray for you, you know, with stuff that uh, you're going through. Maybe your next decision is as you draw near to God is to be baptized in him. And that's your next step as we clapped kind of together that, you know, you know what? That's what God's using to draw me into his presence. I don't know what God's doing in your life, but you do. You know what he's tugging. You know how his spirit is leading. You know how he's drawing or wants to use the pain for good, even though it doesn't feel good at the time that he can use that. And realize this, no matter how bad it is, one day it's all going to be gone. One day we're going to be in heaven. There's not going to be pain or mourning or tears. It's going to be gone. But until that time, there's a purpose to the pain. If we would allow God to use it the way he wants to, wherever, whether we caused it, other people caused it, we live in a broken world, that there's an opportunity for him to grow in our lives. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for this time, for this opportunity. And I pray that you would just lead and guide us in what decision you want us to make as we just continue to go and grow from here. Father, all of us experience different levels of pain and help us to know what that means in connection with you. It's in Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. Hey, as we close our time you know, out you know, today, I want to just encourage you of just, just a couple things. One, if you're new with us, I would encourage you to head to Connecting Point. Second, if you're a mom or you've ever had a mom or you have a lady in your life, I'm just, guys, this is a heads up for you. Next week is Mother's Day. Don't blow it. You know, just as a heads up, I want to give you a forewarning, you know, what's coming in. Now, moms, I also want to give you an encouragement and a challenge. Leverage the opportunity in Jesus' name. Because here's what we know is that uh, your sons and your daughters, your friends and your family members have a hard time saying no to mom on mom's weekend. And so what better opportunity to say, you know, for my gift this year, I'd love you to join me in church this weekend. How bad of a person do they need to be to actually say no, right? They're going to be like, oh, I hate church. I don't believe in that. That doesn't matter. It's not about you. This is what you as mom get to ask. So leverage in Jesus's name, you know, the opportunity that God affords you this next weekend. As we get a chance to hear from a very, very special person on our staff called Sarah Yarborough, you know, as a counselor, she'll be leading us, you know, in our message. So why don't you stand with me, you know, as we close our time together. Jesus, thank you so much you know, for today. It's hard to talk, to deal with, to remember, to walk through pain. And yet, Father, we're just learning. We're beginning just a few things, and there's so much more, you know, over these next couple of weeks that I pray that will impact our hearts and minds as your spirit guides and leads for your glory and your glory alone. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great week, guys. We'll see you next Sunday.